as I get into the message today, um, I, I just, uh, well, I, I have this tool bag here. And, and I, have a, I have a few things in, in, in this tool bag. Uh, let me see if I can find them. Um, oh, yeah. I, I've, I've got this... Um, I've got this, uh, these channel lock pliers here and a um, really big crescent wrench. That's whenever, that's whenever one of the, the nuts is arguing with you. Uh, I've got, um, let's see here. Uh, uh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, I've, I've got this, uh, this textbook here. And um, let's see. And, and I got a hammer. I got a hammer. Uh, does anybody know what all these things have in common? Um, all these things have, have been hammers to me. <laughs> because as I, as I was uh, doing some kind of project or something like that, I, 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 was, I was reaching and I had a nail that I needed to drive. And, and I was holding that thing and I reached for my hammer or, or, or something and, and I couldn't find it. So I just, I just picked, picked something up, whatever was close, whatever was big, whatever was hard, and I just started hitting the nail. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Has anybody, anybody guilty of trying to use a crescent wrench for a hammer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, whenever I tried to use this crescent wrench for a hammer, um, I hit like both sides of the piece of wood that I was working on before I even hit the nail. And uh, one time I even think I lodged it inside of the, inside of the screw, inside of this crescent wrench, so I had to pull it out. It was just, it was not a fun experience. Like it, it, it I boogered it up. If you know what that term is, if you're in Oklahoma, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I boogered it up, I got the nail in, but it wasn't pretty. And, and then there, there, was a, there was a few times in here, I think I was doing kind of some plumbing, and I was, you know, I, I, I was trying to put a nail in as I was, as I was doing plumbing. And you know, whenever you're doing plumbing, you don't think to get your hammer, you know. And so yeah, I had a pair of channel locks. I think I was, I was uh, putting in a jack stud or something like that to, to hold a pipe in. And as I was putting it in, I was just using the back of my channel locks, and I, I think I hit it so hard that I actually busted my channel locks apart because uh, I, I accidentally hit, hit this right here and it just kind of came apart on me. That's what you get for Harbor Freight Tools. Um, <laughs> no judgment, okay? No judgment, but that's, that's how it is. And then I am ashamed to even say this, but, but um, you know, I think one time, one or two, okay, probably three or four times in my office and I was trying to hang a picture up and I didn't have a hammer in my office. And so I, gra I grabbed one of my textbooks Okay, and, and I did one of these. Any professors, any serious teachers ever do that? Okay, all right. You're putting a nail inside of a, in the wall and you're using a textbook and, and your thumb pays the price just like the nail does because there's, I mean, it's just, I mean, you're hitting it. And so I got the nail in every time, but unfortunately, one of the times whenever I was using the book, I actually drove the nail into the book rather than in, into the wall, it happens. See, see the problem with all these things is, is really simple. Is that these, each one of these tools is good for something. Really good for something. As a matter of fact, they were designed for something. But they didn't take the place really of a hammer. There's nothing like holding on to that hammer and having that nail in. If you've ever roofed a house, 
I, I think I've roofed two houses in my lifetime. That is too, too many for me. I didn't have the fancy pneumatic guns. I just, I just had an old-fashioned hammer and some nails, and you put the nails in your mouth, and you pull one out, and you just, and whenever you're just starting out, you just kind of tap, 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 tap. <laughs> like it's going to move on you, and then you hit it one, one time. But as you get accustomed to using it for its purpose, as, as it becomes a, a part of who you are, and, and, and you become skilled with the tool, in your hand, all of a sudden, you just put that nail in and you just, it's, it's like a stutter step. Hit once, let go, smack it hard, and you drive it all the way in. Two hits, and, now, and the nail's in. You know, it's really hard to replace this hammer when you need to hammer. Anybody ever tried to undo a screw with a hammer? <laughs> Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You see, that's kind of like what life is for many people. Unfortunately, many people spend their whole entire lives trying to, trying to do what they think is right, but they're being used in a wrong way and a wrong purpose. It kind of feels like that whenever you're living outside of God's purpose for your life. You know what you need to do. You, know, you try really hard and you use yourself in ways that maybe you weren't created, you weren't designed to use. You still kind of get the job done, but it's frustrating. It's painful. And things fall apart sometimes. And you think to yourself, man, living for God seems really, really frustrating. And I, I got to be honest with you. God is a God of design, and he's a God of purpose. And he wants each one of you to understand the purpose in which he's created you in, in your life for. See, even from Genesis, God shares with us what the purpose of his creation, that, that we were to have an eternal relationship with who he is, to worship him, that we would have reciprocal love, that he would love us, and that we could love him. And that's the purpose of, of our beautiful lives in him. But through the fall of man, we, we messed up that purpose. We, we trashed it all. And, and the whole Bible in a nutshell is, is God recklessly going after us to renew and revive and bring forth the purpose that he initially created us in. And I've got really great news for many of you. Isaiah tells us that God's purpose is going to be okay. See, 46, uh, verse, starting in verse 9, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God. There is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. And listen to this, family. He says, I say, my purpose will what? Stand, and I will do all that I please. And I'm so glad that we serve a faithful God that has a purpose. He is purpose-driven, and his purpose is to redeem lives and renew hearts and restore relationships and bring healing into you and bring a sense of purpose and a direction so that you don't have to sit there and wonder, is this the life God has for me? Is this as good as it gets? But I think sometimes 
We have a problem, even as Christians, and I want to make this very clear and upfront right in the message, is that you can be a Christian and not live inside of the purposes that God has created you to live in. Because being a Christian, all that is is saying, is, is recognizing that, that you're a sinner and that there's not anything that you can do to make your relationship right with God. And so you come to God and you come to Jesus and you say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Come and cleanse me of my sin and, and, and make me right with you. And whenever you say that prayer, you mean it with all of your heart, you believe it in your mind, you say it out loud, you tell other people, that means that you're a Christian. That means that the old self, the old ways are gone, and behold, God has made a new creation. You are regenerated in him. You are an heir and a co-heir with Jesus. And this is wonderful and exciting things. But how many of you know that just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that you got your life all figured out? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice that like God created you as a new creation and then you look up under your foot and you, you, you found the, the user manual? You know, there it is. Okay, what am I, what does this model do? <laughs> and you would understand all of your gifts. You'd understand like the trajectory of your life. You'd understand uh, what the Spirit would have you do and say in, in each and every moment. That would be wonderful. But that's not the mystery that God chose to enact in, in who we are. Instead he, instead, he said that he would allow his Holy Spirit to be with us. That his Spirit would give us different gifts so that as we came together in the body of Christ, we could be unified and depend on each other in order to fulfill his purpose as a church. And the problem is, is that many Christians, whenever they give their heart and life to Christ Jesus, uh, many Christians, they, they immediately know their purpose. It's just so clear. Some of them, they, they take a little bit of time, but they finally kind of get in the groove of things. But then, but then for a lot of us, we spend a long time, some of us even a lifetime, trying to figure out where we fit in God's purpose. We always walk around kind of feeling a little awkward and difficult. As a matter of fact, life feels frustrating as a Christian, when you don't understand God's purpose for you. And so today I wanna to ask you a question. Do you really know your purpose in Christ? Do you really have a good understanding? Do you know who God has created you to be? And if you know, that's wonderful. But if you think that there's a chance that you may not know, you, you think that, that you've been kinda of like using these tools that, that, yeah, you've gotten the job done, but, but it's kind of frustrating and you, you boogered it up sometimes and, and, and you, 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 you kind of drove the nail into you instead of driving it into the wall. And then I, I, I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you and maybe if you would respond affirmatively to these questions, then you can kind of sit there and lean in and listen to what God may be sharing with you over the next few minutes. The first question you could ask yourself is, are you living in blatant sin? 
if you're living in blatant sin, it is really, really hard to be living inside of God's purpose for your life. You can love God all you want to. You can worship. You can never miss a Sunday. You can do all these things. But if you're living in blatant sin, God will not use you like he would if you're living inside of his purpose for your life. Do you lack joy, right? Do you lack joy in your heart? Do you lack excitement in your life? The Bible tells us that when when Christ comes into our hearts and our lives, there's this fruit of the Spirit that comes and he he puts joy in in us. Have you ever had a conversation with a Christian and they just exude joy and it's like, I want to be around that person because it's like their, their smile is contagious. Anybody know somebody like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, now don't raise your hands on this one. Anybody know Christian that, that their depression, their, their, um, their sadness, their drama is kind of contagious? You're around them and they just kind of are a downer. They, oh, bless the Lord, Brother John. I'm alive. I'm alive today. The, the devil tried to keep me dead but I'm just barely alive by the grace of God. And you're missing that joy and that excitement that Christ would come and bring in your life. Do you wake up ready to attack the day because God has put something on your heart and your life and only you can do it. And you're just doing it because you know that God has put it in you. Or how about this? Do you feel fulfilled in life? Fulfilled. You know that that feeling that you get whenever, you know, you're working on a hundred piece puzzle. (laughs) And then you go to find that last piece and you go, oh no, it's missing. And then you look under the box top and it's right there. And you just put it in there and you step back about five minutes before your spouse or your brother comes in and shakes it off, you know, and messes it all up to mess with you, you feel that fulfilled feeling whenever it's like, oh, it's done. Do you have that? Do you walk around realizing that the things that you do are, are, are affecting a purpose, not just in your life, but in the heart and life of other people? Do you feel fulfilled? Next, do you... Forgot? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you work so that you don't have to work? Do you work so that you don't have to work? Uh, There's a lot of people I know that they just got the job, and they just do the job, and they work however much they have to so that they can get away from the job and go and do what they really want to do. And I know that, that, that that probably at some point in time, we've all been in that position, in that place. But do you feel like God is using you in your place, place of employment to do what he's called you to do? There's this one time where I delivered pizzas. I was not created to deliver pizzas. <laughs> My boss would tell you I was not created to deliver pizzas. But I still 
knew I was operating in God's purpose and plan for my life because I was getting people saved that I worked with. I was, I was witnessing to people and I was doing something and, I, and my goal was not to go there and to, to, to make a whole bunch of money, although I would have taken it. <laughs> my goal was to see if I, could, if I could get somebody saved wherever I was. And in that moment, I realized I wasn't just working to work, but I was working with a purpose in my heart and my mind. Do you, do you feel stuck? Do you just feel stuck? Uh, there's some people that just, you feel stuck in life. Nothing's changed, everything's the same. You don't really like the way things are going, but you're just rocking on because everything is steady. And there, there's nothing really to talk about. You know, you're not believing in God for something, but you're not dealing with anything hard. And it's just, you just feel stuck in life. That doesn't follow into the purpose that God has for us. And finally, do you feel a sense of direction? Do you know where you're going? And I'm not just talking about eternally. I'm not talking about after lunch because you made plans during our fellowship time. I'm saying, do you feel like the Lord is leading and guiding your steps? You see, this is not uh, questions to ask yourself to see if you're saved or not. It's questions to ask yourself to see if you're following along with an individual purpose and a plan that God has, not just for your family, but for you, sir, for you, ma'am, for you, young person, for you, mom and dad, for you, grandma and granddad. God is... He wants to move in your life. He wants to give you joy. He wants to, he wants to deliver you from sin. He wants, to, he wants to give you a fulfillment in your life. He wants to cause your work to matter. And in all of that, God has a purpose and a plan. And you see, even as a church, we can get stuck too. As a collective church, we can go through the motions of being Christians together, but not really find a purpose or be driven by direction as a group. And that's why the staff over the last few weeks and really even month and the board have prayed and sought God and especially over this past week of 21 day prayer fasting. And we feel like the, the Lord has just downloaded a purpose statement for this church. And I want to share that purpose statement with you now because this purpose statement gives direction and it gives vision to everything that we do. Christ's legacy is a church where we find God, give hope, and do life together. Amen? We're a church where we can find God, give hope, and do life together. This is more important than just going to our website and putting it on there, which you can find it on our website today. This is more important than just understanding and saying a chant. This is understanding what our purpose is here. And it directs and it guides and it gives us the trajectory of everything that we do because we know that as a church, we have a fourfold mission. We have a fourfold purpose. We disciple people. That's one way that we find God. We disciple people. And Wednesday night's Legacy Discipleship is an excellent 
uh, example of the way that we disciple people by growing in our knowledge and falling in love with the word of God. Knowing how to live a life that makes Christ, uh, that, that gives Christ joy in us. This is so important and it can be evident in this church. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 reminds us, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. We can find God as disciples investigating and studying his word. But when we find God, or when we search for God and we find God, there's something else that we, that we find. We find a worship for God. We worship him naturally out of the gratitude of our heart because of what he's done for us and what he's doing as a, as a church in our lives. Uh, it, it, Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 really shows us this. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, um, uh, let the message about Christ in all its riches, richness fill our lives, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. We do that out of a, out of a worshipful heart because of, of us knowing him, being disciples. But then, we also give hope. The greatest hope that you and I can give is sharing our testimony with people all around us. And so we evangelize. We evangelize with a, not, not just because we, we love people, but because we understand that Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming quickly. It could be today. And so we we witness, we evangelize with a sense of urgency in our hearts because we love other people around us. We love them too much to see them go to hell. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 tells us, go and make followers of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do all the things I have told you. And I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. There is coming an end to this world. There's coming an end to the period of grace that we have, that we can come back to the Father. And so we give hope by evangelizing. But finally, we also give hope by showing compassion. The same kind of compassion that God had for us when he sent his son Jesus is the same compassion that we show others. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three says, praise be to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort ourselves received from God. See, in a church does this all together. We're not meant to try to do it alone. We have to do it together. We find God together. We give hope together. And we do life together. 
In Judges chapter 6, verse 11, that was my introduction. I'm going to get to my message now. Pastor, it's just too, Pastor Brooks, it's too easy to do that, isn't it? Just have those big introductions. But I really want to bottom line this to you in scripture today. We find one of the heroes in faith, one of the, the greatest judge in Israel's uh, history, Gideon. During that time, the Midianites were a band of nomadic warriors that were uh, really plaguing Israel, depriving them of resources, making them hard, hard for them to live. And in, in many cases, just coming and taking their crops and taking their whatever it was. And, and Israel, they were gonna starve them out. And as such, we find Gideon. Right there, Judges 6, verse 11. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abizurite, sure, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. This verse, these, these few verses are so rich in their text, but I want to quickly walk you through it. First of all, we find out that this is a, a theophany. Many of you maybe have heard that term, maybe you have it, it's new. The Old Testament, whenever it says an angel of the Lord, many times is synonymous with the Lord himself coming down and visiting. And here we find that the angel of the Lord is actually the Lord himself. See, God sees each and every one of us and he knows what our purpose is. And, and he doesn't just send circumstances. He doesn't just send other people to you. He will come to you himself and reveal himself to you in the purpose that he has for you. They, the Lord came to this big oak tree. And at that time, there wasn't a temple. And so this is the place where they worshiped God many times, offered sacrifices and, and gained insight from the judges at that time. See, the Lord shows up at the place of worship. I'm so glad that you're here today because I believe that the Lord is going to be working on your heart and your life this morning as, as you hear what he has to speak to you that many of us are struggling to, to live for a purpose in our life. But this morning, I want you to know that he's shown up. You might've shown up at time and time again and never had a connection with the Lord, but the Lord is showing up today and he wants to speak to you at this place of worship. As the, as the Lord revealed himself to Gideon, he, called, he said something. He said, you're a mighty warrior. Here, Gideon, the mighty warrior, he's there, not on a threshing floor, but in a wine press trying to process his wheat. I wanna tell you very quickly the difference between the two. A threshing floor is on the top of a mountain in a flat area so that they could use oxen to run over the wheat and then it breaks it apart and the wind carries it away, the chaff away and they can collect the, the wheat. 
It's usually a huge harvest. But instead, he, he was in a wine press, a small thing. He had a small harvest, probably because Gideon was a mighty warrior that was doing a really bad impression of a farmer, a rancher. He was frustrated because instead of using oxen and the right tools, he's probably using a staff or just a rock with his hand to try to pull out the, 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 the wheat from the chaff. Things weren't going right and he was trying to hide out from the Midianites instead of being who God has created him to be. I wonder if anybody's been in the wrong place using the wrong tools and trying to be the wrong person. And you feel that in your life, in your heart. It's frustrating. Even in, in the midst of the blessing that God would give you in your life, it's frustrating. But that's why when Gideon heard from the Lord and Gideon did challenge him, he tested him. He ended up living a life that was filled with victory and filled with blessing and filled with purpose because he stopped being a farmer and he started being a warrior. I wonder if there's somebody here that's been riding a tractor when you should have been driving a tank. I wonder if somebody is here that has been struggling, digging ditches and you should have been using a sword. It's hard to dig a ditch with a sword, isn't it? <laughs> Christ's legacy, God made Gideon victorious over so much. And God wants to make you victorious over so much in your life. Would you stand with me all over this place? When Gideon stepped into the purpose of God, things got less frustrating. It got less hard. It didn't mean that Gideon didn't have to live his life by faith. It didn't mean that everything came easy to him, but he was filled with joy. He had confidence. And when blessing came, it wasn't blessing mixed with grief, but it was pure, unadulterated blessing. Christ's legacy, I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Lord. I don't know if you're living your life filled with purpose and completely fulfilled, or if you kind of feel like you're trying to drive a nail with a textbook. No matter who you are, God has something for you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you, God, for all that you're doing in this place. I thank you, Lord, for giving Christ's legacy a purpose, Lord, to find you, to give hope and to do life together. But right now, Lord, there are people in this place that are frustrated, they're tired, they feel unfulfilled, Lord, and they're lacking a purpose that they can live in. Father, I pray that you would illuminate their mind, show them through the power of your Holy Spirit what you've called them to do so that we can be more than overcomers, more than conquerors in you. With your head still bowed and eyes still closed, I'm not gonna ask you to come down. I don't wanna embarrass you, but I wanna know that I'm praying for you today as I, as I close in prayer. If you'd say, Pastor John, that's me, 
I want the Lord to give me a renewed purpose in my life so that I can feel like I'm doing what God has called me to do. If that's you, just simply lift up your hands. I wanna see you right now. Yes, 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 thank you. Yes, yes. Still looking, wow, so many people. Would you just, would you just put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder, your, on the right and your left? We're gonna close as we pray for each other and for our church. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. So many people in this room have renewed their commitment to live inside of your purpose and plan for them. Oh God, I pray God that you would cause us to be warriors for you. Lord, that you would cause us to find victory, cause us to find joy and fulfillment in a life that is dedicated and committed to you and your purpose. Lord, let us get on your team and in your side under your plan. And Lord, I pray God that as we do, Lord Jesus, the gates of hell would not prevail. As we do this, Lord Jesus, that our church, Lord, would be a church where people could find you. They could give hope and they could live life together in a powerful way that wouldn't just change who we are as a congregation, but it would change our community. It would change the atmosphere in our jobs, inside of our families, and it would change, Lord, the world that our life touches. We give this to you, Lord, and we ask God that the power of the Holy Spirit help us to hold this up Oh God, I pray that as we walk out of these doors right now, we would live for your purpose. Help us, Lord, to be a light for each and every one that our life touches. In Christ's name, we pray all these things. And everybody says, amen. amen. Now find God, give hope, and do life together. Ooh.